Hello and welcome to the Sugar Shots podcast featuring myself, Jeremiah Brown, aka Sugar J Poet, aka Don Demerara. Read and subscribe to Sugar Shots at sugarshots.substack.com or follow us on Instagram at Sugar Shots Podcast. Enjoy the episode. When I think of winter, I'm thinking of comfortable clothes, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a, I'm a tracksuit baby. So, sweatshirts. Hoodie, hold tight my hoodie people out there. Just remind them with the hoodies that lose them to their significant others. Can't relate, you know what I'm saying? Mine are still standing strong. Um, for me, hoodies are, are like the ultimate and there's a mandem thing in there there's a cultural thing with mm. the hoodie like, 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 like sugar shots are a little satin satin from me in your week to make you think and feel using a word and its definition as a jump off point it started as a newsletter and now we have a podcast too the formula is the same but a little different every episode i take an existing shot and break its themes open with a special guest this episode, our special guest is photographer and poet Jalade Olusanya. The shot we break open is Darkness, where I talk about winter being a bottom tier season and my difficulties functioning with dramatically less sunlight. Cool. <laughs> um. <laughs> bottom tier. <laughs> The following sugar shot was first published on December 1st, 2021. Darkness. Noun. The partial or total absence of light. When people tell me their favourite season is winter, the first thing that comes to mind is a lyric from Lauren Hill's Forgive Them Father. A friend once said, and I found to be true, that everyday people they lie to God too. So what makes you think that they won't lie to you? Winter is a bottom tier season. And though some claim otherwise, deep down we all know it's true. When you think of winter, you think of cold weather, but that's not even my biggest gripe with the abominable season. My biggest gripe with winter is that it's dark for so long during the day. Bun the darkness. Darkness for dead. I'm a summer baby and I love summer for good reason. In the UK where I reside, we average around 16 hours of daylight in the month of June. Once we get to December, it drops to around eight hours of daylight. Within six months, we lose half our daylight. Let's not even speak about the general greyness of the frequently cloudy days in winter too. It's asinine. I had a conversation with you over Instagram mm. uh, where I I was I was asking yo like how how do you people do winter like why do people like winter. Um, and Gelade came into my DMs and was like, oh, winter's great. Um, First of all, <laughs> I did not do any of that. <laughs> wow, this, this defamation of character is, is incredible. But okay. Gelade was positive towards winter. I would say Gelade was positive towards winter. So my first question then is, because obviously I'm, I'm coming from, everyone needs to know, I'm, I'm biased. I don't like winter, um, and and I will say it with my chest. Um, so there's no confusion. I'm not trying to be impartial or anything like that. Um, but I want I want to give winter its space as well. I want to be open minded. Um, so I'm gonna try and not 
not be that guy. Um, but when you think of winter, what do you think of? When I think of winter, I'm thinking of comfortable clothes, but I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. I'm, I'm a, I'm a tracksuit baby. So sweatshirts, you know, jumpers, hoodie, hold tight my hoodie people out there. Especially <laughs> the man them with the hoodies that lose them to their significant others. <laughs> Can't relate, you know what I'm saying? Mine are still standing strong. Um, you know what I'm saying? So like for me, hoodies are, are like the ultimate. And there's a man them thing in there. There's a cultural thing with mm. the hoodie, like... There's even something I'm working on, you know, um, with, with Shade Joseph, hold tight, that kind of alludes to like what a hoodie represents. Mm. And I just love the security that winter brings in terms of clothing. Mm. Um, and in the UK, it's weird. I can dress for winter, but I can't dress for spring or summer. Mm. It's weird. Um, yeah, it, 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 there's levels to it and layers, but winter for me is like, cool. Yeah, it does a lot to the mind in, in, in negative ways for sure. But I, being in the UK, it's like, you, you're you just ready, mm. you know? So when winter comes, I'm like, right, cool, I ain't got to think so much. Okay. I know what I'm, I know what I'm rocking, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's it's comfort over anything else and it's going to work. No one's going to look at me too tough, you know? So it's, it's that. Lockdown, like I went into lockdown and then like over lockdown, for the whole of lockdown, man, I lived in tracksuits. I lived in... Yep. I lived in my house clothes, okay? That's that's what I lived in. So now when it came to step out again, I was like, yo, all if if you see all of my jeans now, yeah, all of my jeans now are baggy, all right? We are breathing. Boot okay? cuts are back, people. Boot cut I saw a brother in a pair of boot cut jeans the other day. The boot cuts were boot cutting. And I was yeah. I looked at him and I said, you know what? I need I need this to take off. Yeah. I need I need yeah. boot cuts to be back and thriving because yes. they are yeah. comfortable. That's a Yo, comfortable. Preach. I don't know, man. There's there's less of a. I think I'm understanding what it means to be fashionable in your own terms, and mm. knowing that the world we exist in is based on all, someone else's standard, and every, everyone or most people decide to follow suit. So if that's the way the world world is really you know running, let me define how I live in my own pocket of it, mm. and. I'm yet to hear anyone. We're not in college no more anyway. So I'm yet to hear anyone come to me, my age, and tell me, what are those? Mm -hmm. Like, no one actually does that. Yeah. Well, in the UK anyway. No. In the States, it's a different <laughs> a different thing. But no one has ever come to me saying, yo, what are those in a negative fashion? If anything, like, yo, you got those, I see you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, cool. I can do my thing. So winter allows that confidence. Whereas summer, I can't lie. I'm like, is is the sun really shining and giving me heat or not? And when I wear a t-shirt, I'm like, oh, my arms are feeling air. That's This is weird. I don't know how to do with this. I carry a coat with me just in case. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. The just yeah. in case. Bro. With, with UK, UK summer, it's a lot. There was a day I was out where I left in the morning. It was sunny. But I was like, you know what? Like, English weather can't take me for idiot. So I put, I put a jacket in my bag, but the jacket didn't have a hood. And then it was raining. And then like by the time I put the jacket on, Yo. it was sunny. I was just like this, this, this back and forth. So I understand it. I understand the 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 UK UK weather is not conducive. Nope. For anything, really. To, for for anything, really. Right. Consistency is not consistency is key and what? the UK does not have that key. That word does not belong in the same sentence. Not at all. But it's a great talking point though. <laughs> what is your relationship to cold weather? So you, you, I feel like there's a difference between mm. 
I accept the fact that I live in the UK yeah. and therefore when winter comes, it shall be cold. Also, when summer comes, it is likely to be cold. And so I shall have my wardrobe <laughs> options accordingly. Yeah. But what is your actual relationship to cold weather? Like, how do you actually mm. relate to that season? I'm, my body is weird when it comes to regulating temperature. Okay. So I get hot under the like, most minimal circumstances to, to do with heat. Okay. Um, even though I lived in like Nigeria for like eight years of my life, I was born in the UK, moved there when I was six. Sometimes I wonder if I ever did live in Nigeria because I'm like, I, I can't handle heat the same way anymore. And I'm seeing people in my country wearing jackets and suits in a 30 degrees I'm like, and they're not sweating. I'm like, how? Mm. How did I ever master this level of coolness and lose <laughs> it when I came back? So I can't do heat, period. Like 15 degrees is warm to me. It's warm. Wow. It's warm. I might wear a hoodie, like a light hoodie and that's it. Okay. I'm really good in cold weather. Like my body is fine in cold weather. So, so, so the so 15 degrees Celsius yeah. is like that's to you. That is that's like it's not hot. It's just like oh, this is perfect weather. This is I can. That's perfect. I'm not weather. gonna sweat. I'm fine. Okay. I'm I'm gonna be fine. Okay. The minute I see, I kid you not, people are talking about heat waves around 28. I'm like, that's your heat wave. My heat wave is 25. Oh, okay. I'm bracing. I look down the BBC weather forecast and I'm I'm like, all right, cool. Linen, trousers, white t-shirt. Because I'm, I don't want to sweat. I'm planning my week. Do I need to leave the house or not? Because if I leave the house and I'm going to a function or anything, I must wear something that's going to make sure I don't arrive with a glistening forehead. Okay. So cold weather is like, I ain't got nothing to worry about. I can only, I can only, get, I can only get hotter from here. <laughs> and I'm the one that's going to make myself hotter with what I wear. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not... It's not I'm leaving the house and I'm going to be sweating already. It's like, no, I leave the house... And I'm gonna be cold outside, but I can get hotter from here, and I can control that until I enter a venue that has a you know a, a warm temperature. But even aside from that, aside from the clothing, it's more just winter allows me a sort of pause. Hmm. Like I'm able to just, I, I guess, now that I think about it, become like a, a bear in hibernation. Not that I'm gonna hibernate, but it's like oh, it's a slowdown period. I'm pausing. Hmm. You know, there's nothing really going on in the world, as far as I'm aware of anyway, in my mind. And um, it allows for, when we're poets in it, there's a, <laughs> there's a melancholy associated with, with darkness and grayness that mm. allows it to fester in the mind and come out in art or thoughts or whatever it is that you, you, you put out into the world. So all these things associated with the comfort that certain parts of clothing give me allow that just allow that, you know. Um, I don't think about it too much because I'm not trying to really analyze it and be like, this is what it is. But those things combined allow me to enjoy winter a lot more. Don't get it twisted. I don't like it being icy cold. Like, mm. you know, I have bad circulation. So when it gets really cold, <laughs> my fingertips and toes are finished. But it's like, I, c I can expect this. And being in the UK as well, mm. you're just always planning for the winter. Mm -hmm. So you're never really caught off guard. Unless you go to another country like Canada and a yo, <laughs> <laughs> that that's a that's not even cold. That's that's just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember there was a there was a period of time. I think I went to Scotland. Okay. And I was like, and this was in like December January times, and I was like, this is cold. That's cold. And then, I went to the Nordic. I went to Norway, Denmark, and Sweden. Very so. Uh, and that was when I was like, no, this, this is, is cold. cold. Like this is, that was when I understood 
like when cold gets not into your bones when it when it when it circulates on an atomic level yes, in your sir. marrow yes, it was sir. it was insane i was like this sir. this right here this is egregious this, we, we couldn't mm, do it in the uk we no, can't we'd be no, finished no, 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 no. we're finished at what two yeah. two degrees we're finished here. yeah that's that's cold yeah. like that was when i was like okay mm. now i now i understand I may be a dark-skinned black man, but I'm a child of light, not darkness. I don't know about you, but I find life so much harder to live in the dark. Earlier in the week, I was filming for a project exploring mental health and masculinity from a black male artistic lens. It was directed by the talented Damilola Lemomu, and I really enjoyed myself. Filming required me to be in Peckham for 8.20am, which meant I was up at 6am and out of my house well before the sun rose. It wasn't that much earlier than when I normally wake up, but leaving my house in the darkness highlighted something to me. Comparative to summer, my mood in the mornings is drastically different. The absence of sunlight when I wake up affects me. Everything is harder in the morning without a little bit of sun. Even when the heating is on, Without light, it feels that bit colder. Generally, everything just has a sadder feel to it. How do you feel about darkness? I live for it. Mm. Um, being a kid growing up in Nigeria, especially in boarding school, um, darkness was, there's no escaping it. If you were a child that needed a light on in the hallway, <laughs> See that laugh there? That, that, that was <laughs> yeah. That was a laugh of knowing. That was a that was that was a laugh. Hey yo, it's, like I lived in darkness. Like electricity wasn't really a thing for my household growing up, because the Nigerian power system is was I want to say still is to a certain degree because how are we still not having constant electricity in twenty twenty two? Yeah, one yeah. of the biggest. Yeah. Anyway, um, ne- Nepa took the light. Is is bro. Is, we all know. Yeah. We all know. Whole Tech Nepa doesn't exist anymore, but it's still... It doesn't exist? It's a different c- company They've now, renamed but, it. But yeah, but it's still the same old... Same you know old I'm saying? problems. You know, so it's like, I would be like, learning to navigate my my home and boarding school with no light, literally using the stars in the sky, literally, because mm. there, was, there was no power grids or any sort of street lights to illuminate the way, so the, the stars were that powerful. And even when you're in your room dealing with all the elements and it's dark, you just had to get used to it. So I, I got used to the dark, you know, I sound like Bane right now, you know. <laughs> you merely adopted the dark. I was, I was born, born in it. it. Molded by <laughs> it. That was literally me, though I wasn't born in it. But, um, <laughs> you know, because it, I learned to make it a sort of like ally in a way of just cool. I, c- I can exist. I'm not, I'm not afraid of this. Mm. Like I, I look for it more time. I'm f- trying to find out ways to like block light from coming into the yard. Um, you know, my eyes aren't even great with light these days anymore. And I, you know, I attribute that towards my career because a lot of my work is like screens and stuff. So I'm having to wear glasses now and the, the smallest bit of light makes me squint <laughs> in a way. So it's, it's really something. So I'm always looking for ways to minimize the amount of light that come into my eyes, but it does a lot for the mind as well, like a shutdown, but also on the creativity side of things those people that are night owls there is something about the darkness and i know you wrote about that in your in your in your blog piece um about the the, the melatonin that makes your mind want to go to sleep but mm. in a way it also instigates this creative element 
um, it silences the mind and brings to the fore what was in the dark in your mind mm -hmm. to really work on, whether it's the poems, the ideas, whatever it is. And I love that. So when it gets to nighttime, it's almost like, all right, we've got work to do. But the older I get, I'm also like, yo, fam, you can't, this is not sustainable. You need to sleep. You, know? <laughs> you need to sleep. So it's, it's a balancing act. But the darkness does a lot for me in that regard. And when I look at a lot of my work, a lot of it is inspired by the darkness, I guess, um, in more ways than one. But I'm not necessarily specifically writing about darkness. Mm. Well, thinking about aging, thinking about sleep and, and those kinds of things. And mm. artistically as well, I'm I'm very much sort of I've I've started to pay attention to the hours of the day and like just watching I was watching like a YouTube video and it was kind of talking about how our energy will tend to be distributed throughout the day and yeah. it was like yeah and I found for myself okay like I need to get all my work like focusing on everything up until like two or three o'clock because there's going to be a crash and mm. recovering from that and then from seven well three three four there's a crash and then from five to like nine is where I'm like, okay, I'll work slowly. Like I'll do, I'll slow work. So I try and get the focused work that I need to done yeah. earlier on in the day. Mm. Um, because I also, that whole working late has never been, I've never been able to to properly, mm. to master it. How do you feel about daylight? Like as someone who was, was born and molded by the darkness. <laughs> I think when I took up photography, my relationship with daylight changed because I now wanted to know how to manip manipulate light. Mm. Um, but it's weird. I still shoot in light to make things dark because there's a law in filmmaking, which is you can you should never shoot underexposed. You shoot as exposed as possible, you know, with a high definition enough camera anyway, to then lower the light in post, mm. um, especially if it's in video and photography is a bit more technical than that if you're shooting on film well you have to learn to to balance it out so i love how light shapes things mm. shapes the world around me so what when i'm on the streets i'm literally seeing everything framed by light so think of think of the world as, as think of the light as oh it's the sun right so you've got the sun and everything in front of it is a figure that creates a silhouette that's how i see it so i welcome the light in that regard um, and to that extent, I call it an age thing. I don't know. I have a huge interest now in like interior design and okay. how does light bounce off surfaces to create moods? Mm. And because I love vinyl, it's another thing that I pair. So like, I'm like, cool. Um, tungsten light and vinyl go really well together. Candlelight and vinyl go really well together. Certain genres like Neo Soul and dimmed light go well together. So I am attracted to light in terms of what kind of images and moods and stuff it cur you know curates for me to experience to the point that, you know, um, God bless the person who invented dark mode on phones. <laughs> you know, like I love the fact that in Google Docs, I can make a black page and that inspires something in my mind in terms of how I write mm. and even how maybe a yellow notepad app inspires me to, to write. So light really influences a lot of my process in more ways than one. So whilst I might be trying to escape the world's like, oh, in the morning, oh, sunlight in my eye, you know, it's more mm. like all right, when I'm outside, I'm seeing and feeling things that light inspires. Um, but even in the darkness again, you know, I'm like, you know, what light do I see? So there's a, one of my favorite photographers of all time, he's been dead a while, um, Roy de Carava. 
who was a Harlem photographer and really well known for his work around Harlem in the 1950s, 1960s. Um, his work, black and white, a lot of it dark, but his opinion, and I'm paraphrasing, was that he could find light sources from anywhere. So even if the room was dark, if there was a white cloth on the table, he would use that as a light source mm. to frame a picture. And that was incredible. So his opinion was that there's no such thing as complete blacks in an image. Everything's on a scale of gray. So how much can you pull and push from that in the editing process? And that moved me to be like, yo, even in darkness, you know, any bit of light. And you can take that into the faith as well, you know, the Christianity element, like, you know, a light on a hill can't can't be hidden. So even mm. if it's dark, if there's a torch shining on a hill like meters away, that, that illuminates the whole space around it, like stars, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, I even remember years ago, I was in Gabon and we were in a rainforest and we were going across this dark river in the rainforest to where we were staying. And it was terrifying. Like being on the water when it's dark in a canoe is, is terrifying. <laughs> like what, don't play with water, innit? So I was very aware of my mortality and, and mm. God's grace at the time. But you know what made it stunning, even though it was very eerie? The fact that these stars was, were just able to do their thing. Mm and illuminate even the horizon. Mm. Yo, I was in awe yeah. about how it was shaping. I could see the outline of the forest around us, even the waves in a way. It was incredible, you know? So yeah, man, light, light. I, I look for it in many ways, but it's me again trying to limit it to see what it does to my mood and what it inspires. Um, you know, darkness is a good thing art-wise for me and again i guess on the mental side of things when it comes to darkness you know there's there's a whole thing there in terms of like the the dark periods and and all these things and how you navigate that but i think my first thought of darkness is well my first thought when it comes to darkness really is okay how does it shape things around well how does the light and darkness shape things around me mm. and how do i navigate that how do you, your mornings differ between summer and winter Hmm. I've never actually thought about that before. Um, wow. Actually, I know how they differ. When it's hot, it's humid. My wake-ups are uncomfortable. They're forced. <laughs> They're forced because it's like, it's not a nice wake-up. It's just humid. And like I said, I, my body doesn't do well with heat. So okay. it's not a, you know, grand rising. Yeah. yeah. Whole type, the whole types. But it's it's more... <laughs> It's more like, all right, cool. Um, quickly make this room as cool as possible. Mm. And from now, we move slow so we don't start sweating. <laughs> it's it's that. Whereas when it's cold, it's like, I mean, it depends because, you know, gas prices have gone up and that. So hmm. <laughs> and hmm. got, you've got to time the heat and hmm. everything for the, for the time you wake up. Um, you know, I don't know. I think when it's cold, there's a there's a there's a slower wake up, I guess. Okay. Because you know when it's colder, the the mornings aren't necessarily the brightest. It's, mm. it's still dark, so you're a bit sluggish because your mind is seen dark. So you're like you're, you're not really alert. Um, but when the sun's out, I'm like I'm a bit more alert. But I I try and th take things a lot easier. Um, I would say there's there's more energy in my body when the sun's out though. There is definitely more energy. Um, and my mood does improve for sure. Um, I caught myself unawares recently when I was like, "Oh, I'm really smiling today." I'm almost mm. doing an, you know, author every day when you're walking down the street. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was me. So um, yeah, I think that's that's me. 
I ought to be used to this by now. I'm a quarter century deep in UK weather. I know I don't like winter. I know UK winter isn't for me. It's not like I don't know when winter is coming either. It's hardly a surprise attack when it's being launched on me yearly at the same time. I shouldn't let it catch me off guard and slump me the way it does. Exposure to sunlight is linked to the brain releasing serotonin. Serotonin is associated with boosting mood. At night, darker light triggers the brain to make melatonin, a hormone responsible for helping us to sleep. From this, it's not difficult to understand why winter can be so much more difficult than summer mood-wise. Seasonal affective disorder is a real thing for a lot of people. What are the UK things that you'll never get used to? The UK? Yeah. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm not even playing right now. There is nothing about the UK that I'll ever be used to. Oh my Every gosh. day, the UK keeps finding ways to leave me astounded. Um, from the audacity, downright to the audacity. <laughs> and the lack of audacity sometimes as well. Um, I think the... I mean, yo, that's a, that's that's a kind of worms question you got there, bro. Like, where are we going with this question? Like, like, fill me in. I I I think so. Obviously, the weather, like the U UK weather, is just one thing I'll never be able to get yeah. used to. Like, I try. Honestly, okay, yeah, I, give you I that try. One, yeah, like, yeah. I really, I really try mm. every year. Even but that's your problem. You're trying. It's true. I need to just accept. For I need real. to just step back and accept that. Yep that the, the UK is is what it is. But you know what? Like, nah. At the same time, no. Because I deserve nice things. Do you know what? I you're, deserve nice things. And you, you're in the UK saying that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and do you know what? And that leads to another thing that I think I will never get used to. I will never get used to the capacity for British people to accept the UK government's downright disrespect for them as human beings and like i i think and i think like it's definitely with the conservatives at the moment but i feel like to a degree it just transcends party but just the the way that the uk government will just and like i feel like we as as a uk people are kind of like just like cool with it and that's not even as if to say like oh that's just like them other uk people like i see it in myself as well mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. i'm just like i'll never be used to the fact that like we're just cool with like so many things that we should just not be cool with you know i hear you and it's a thing where government wherever you are is peak mm coming from a Nigerian background where I've seen what politics looks like on the streets of Lagos. And here I'm just like, eh. hmm. well, at least you have a prime minister that's present. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for what, for better or worse. Mm. Not that I believe in playing the Olympics with, you know, political parties across, you know, countries and mm -hmm. cultures, but the thing I, I can't, okay, cool. So the thing about the UK, I, I cannot get used to is the fact that UK people are, this could be anyone, but mostly UK people are good at complaining. Yeah. A lot. It's a very... About the yeah. same old thing. Especially the weather, you know? And <laughs> there are things I refuse to speak on because there's a lot of people already speaking on it. Mm. Which is a bit annoying because nothing really changes in, in that regard. So when it comes to government, you know, weather, 
I accept things as they are, but I also am aware of the potential for change as long as I am open to it. If I, I become completely apathetic if I do nothing. Mm. That's complete apathy. It's not apathetic if you are saying you don't care, but you're now doing things to suggest otherwise. Yeah. It's, it, I don't know what the word is for that, but it's not apathy. Yeah, I think British people are very much, we we are apathetic, but then we care so much. So we don't care, but we care. Yeah. And and that's a very, that's a very British thing as well. To it's be just like, complaining, yeah. really. It's just, yeah. the ones, yeah. the people I don't see complaining are the ones who are getting on with it. Yeah. You know, but that's really the truth of it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I I don't. I, again, I can attribute that to myself through my culture, in the sense that, and and I'm sure man like Bo will understand the uncles that know that know what is wrong. They know everything that's wrong with the country. <laughs> they know everything, and you're watching them like, oh, okay, then why you, you won't say it out loud because of respect, but you be like, why why you do nothing about it? Yeah. <laughs> but they have the ones that complain, but they're still out there getting it done. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, I do doesn't care about me, but I'm still gonna get mine anyway. Mm-hmm. Them and there I respect because it's like complain, but there's still action behind it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the ones that know, you know what's wrong with this country. Tell me, they'll tell you everything, but they they just sit. Mm. But they're authorities on the subject. I can't get with that in the UK mm. at all. It, it's annoying. You hear it in in the workplace because I guess to <sighs> to a degree, it feels like you then become you are complicit in what you are complaining about. Yeah, and then it it's a difficult position to then respect that if it's like if you are complicit in this thing, and yet you are so vehement in your complaining about it. How do I? How do I respect you yeah. then? Because it's like, even if your points are valid, mm-hmm. it 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 doesn't feel like it's it's weighted. No, yeah, it's weighted right. Yeah, um, kind of like shifting to like mood, mm. um, and and I know you sort of touched on already like winter and like you've you've seen the effects that it's had on your moods before and like less light and stuff. Um, what are some things that you do to protect your mood? Um, just in general mm. to like protect protect your mindset protect your mind frame protect your mood music is one of the greatest gifts that God gave to mankind mm. I remember there's a track one of my favourite tracks of all time is The Heart Part 2 there's a there's an excerpt in the beginning from Dash Snow I think where you know they ask the, the guy or a reporter asks the guy like you know what keeps you alive and he lists through cigarettes, which I can't relate to, and like four packs of something a day. I'm like, hold tight, you, if it keeps you alive somehow. <laughs> Two big bottles of water a day. Obviously, drink more water. Hold tight, Mick Jenkins. And um, he said music. Mm. Like, without music, he would have ended it. Now, I'm not saying I've ever con- contemplated ending my life, and I haven't. But music is one of the things that helps my mood in so many ways. Mm. I have playlists for everything. I even have a playlist called Endure. Because <laughs> there are some times in life when things get peak. And it's got DMX in there. It's got Saber in there. It's got, you know, um, West Side Boogie in there. It's got a lot of rappers and artists and even lo-fi sounds that just help the mood in whatever way. Um, because, and I've got some other playlists to do, like, you know, working out or mellow or writing playlists. Music shapes my mood. It it just does. It's like another form of light on my mind, the shaping out the emotions that I need to feel or that I am currently feeling. Um, and art in general, really. Um, photography moves me in more ways than one because I just love how people see the world through their own eyes. So those things 
protect my mood. And I would say I'm finally opening up to people in terms of like allowing them into my space. Good people anyway. And it has to be good people because um, you can be corrupted by others. So if I can, if my body reacts to people in a good way, I'm like, cool. I, I need to stay close to you in a manner of speaking because mm. um, you can help my mood. Kilo Gibran once wrote that a friend is a prayer answered, something along those lines. And you should not seek your friend with time to kill, but with hours to live. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and that for me forms the basis of how friends or people affect my mood. Because I'm not seeking you to help fill time. It's like, let's do life together. Mm. You know what I'm saying? With hours to live. You know what I'm saying? What are you on? Let's do stuff. Let's, you know, this is not a, a, a friendship that is just one-sided. Like life. Like I see you in my life for the foreseeable in every area of it. Not just a friend for work or which you can which can happen in creative circles a lot. Like you think you're friends because you're in the same art form. Mm. <laughs> you're not. You're actually associates. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's but if true. you're a friend that transcends that 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 space, and I won't call it boundary, because once you've transcended, it's no longer a boundary, it's a space um that you share and other spaces too, then it's like this is life. Mm. You know, I've like I've got friends that I met through poetry and I'm now godfather to their children. Mm. And it wasn't like we planned that, but it's like, yo, this is family now. You know what I'm saying? So they help my mood because I'm looking at you like I love you in so many ways now. For your art, but for your for your family, for your trust and everything. So music, art and friends and my faith, I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm. Um understanding how much more the faith adds to my mood not as a coping mechanism, but as the truth. Understanding something and dealing with it are very different. I have a decent understanding of the seasons, but every year the lack of sun in winter rattles me. I think that's okay. The sun is a truly beautiful thing that directs and influences so much in our existence on this planet. Nothing can truly prepare you for its absence. I'm not going anywhere this December, but it might be time to start planning a getaway in January. I can't stop the sun from leaving, but I can chase it when it goes. Sicily. Sicily. Specifically Otija, yeah. Um, if no one's been, you should go. I've gone every year until quarantine. I swear. Yeah, I first went for a job. And then I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's, I might have to put that in the bank. Sicily. Bro, Why is everyone, Sicily, bro? You know what? So it's technically Italy, but a lot of Sicilians don't consider it Italy. They, yeah. they don't consider themselves Italian. I've never been to mainland Italy before. Okay. Um, and I have no interest in going. In fact, Italians, <laughs> Ital Italians tell me don't go to Italy itself. Go to Sicily. Okay. And I went and it's it's very warm. Like, it can get very hot, but it's a heat I can handle, even though it gets really hot. It's crazy. <laughs> but the place is amazing. I've never had any raci racist... Um, and I've gone by myself as well. I've gone with yeah. friends and I've gone by myself numerous times. I'm cool. There's barely any black people there, but it's a very coastal part of Sicily I go to. The water is blue, blue. The weather is great. The food's amazing. And I I get to... Like, I'm, I'm very aware of being an artist and sounding like everything is too deep for... But it's just the truth. Like, I get to be at peace there. Yeah. You know? 
there are places I've been to for work and I feel the same sort of, you know, level of peace, but I know there's work coming. But mm. Sicily, I, I take time and hopefully this year I'll go again. When that's in my calendar, I know I'm going to try and force myself to do nothing, mm. even though I'm always carrying around a camera. But I'm at peace there. Like, it's nature. And I, I'm a very nature-based person. So again, it's like a, Sicily's the very villagey coastal you know thing so there's there's no high rises there's no like the street lamps are far and few between and it's just nature you can hear the waves you can feel the elements it's just nature um and i loved it there that and cuba actually cuba i oh, love cuba was amazing yeah that I was a good go holiday back. you need to i, I went over with some back. friends from six weeks and um incredible because at the time we went i don't know what it's like now but again cuba was Still is, I guess, still largely untouched by the Western world. Yeah. So no Wi-Fi. It's was, it was amazing. It was like, <laughs> he can't reach me. He just can't reach me. And I was able to just be lost in a country where I couldn't even speak the language. So mm. I was left to be in my head in a healthy way. Um, so yeah, Sicily's probably been my, my favorite, followed by Cuba. So from from the way, like from what you were saying, it seems like the idea of like peace... And like being able to find that like that space of peace is something you prioritize like when looking to go on holiday because it it and I don't know I relate to this to a degree as well is like you are always working mm. like and especially when you're freelance as well mm. and you you are not you're not just one thing I've got photographer and poet here as an introductory but you do. <laughs> You do so much more. I remember we had an argument when we we were at, <laughs> oh yeah we were at we were at a a, a rehearsed reading. Um, and Gelade introduced himself, and he didn't say that he was a poet. He said photographer, director, filmmaker, I think, and some other things. And he didn't say poet. And I was like, this guy is like one of the coldest poets in the UK that he, I he, know. And like, if you're not claiming poetry as your thing, I don't know what's I don't know what's out there for the rest of us. I chastised him. I chastised <laughs> you him. You really did. You, you really did. I was like, bro, like I kind of already said it. I'm a writer. I was no poet as well. I was like, ah, damn, it wasn't even intentional, but okay, like, yo. I, I, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And that could be another element of keeping things in the dark. But it's not that I do that. Mm. I mean, I know that for a fact. I don't have myself on social media in the sense of my face, which I have some underlying discomfort around in general. I don't I just don't like being seen. And but I love the fact that I am in the dark because I like genuine interactions. Mm. I find in my experience of being a visual artist, especially one that has documented some well fairly notable people in the world. I see how He's people documented Samuel L. Jackson, brother man said fairly notable. How you're not getting away. I'm have, just gonna throw that I one had in to there. I say fairly notable because it gives context <laughs> to what I'm about to say. Yeah, and, it does. You know. Yeah, I'm, that's. I'm just gonna throw that in there just so when he says fairly notable, so we're all on the same page. Mm. Please continue. Anyways, I I see how people react mm, to true. to it's such true. of oh I see you so therefore I feel like I know you mm. or I'm entitled to it. But I love being able to do what I do without requiring to, you know, not I need to be seen. I think there are some elements of me that will be seen with the art I am trying to put out there. But for the most part, I'm also trying to figure out how can I create what I want to create without needing to be seen and it still be impactful. Like, don't look at me, look at the work, look at the art. Let That's the thing I'm making. I'm already here. Mm. Um, 
so that much I like to keep in the dark, you know, the personal stuff, all that stuff. I will open up on things like this because the world needs more of that anyway. Mm. Um, but in terms of like a social media place where no where no one really needs to know me, it's like, okay, cool. You don't you don't need that and you don't get to demand that of me. Mm. Um, so you will get my art. And I've had to find peace in the fact that, okay, cool. When I do put the notable people on my Instagram, which is part of my work, I definitely get more of a response for that yeah. than my own. But I'm also like, well, that makes sense because people flock to um, celebrity mm -hmm. than they do to anything else because mm -hmm. they see that as a sort of an occurrency, for lack of a better word. So the more I get used to not being seen and the genuine love that comes from the art that I put out, it, it develops a sort of thick skin you know, against the the, the the measuring systems of the world. That, oh, mm. I, have I blown because of this or because of that? Mm. I don't care. I, I just like the fact I get to put out my art and that's my light. That's it, you know? Um, everything else can stay in the dark because it, it just doesn't need to be seen. Purpose, you know? Um, so, you know, even thinking about, you know, the idea of holidays, I don't get to think of that much. I really don't. Because being in the UK... It's go, 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 go. All the time. You know, but I'll travel to some places in the world that are part of the Western infrastructure. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought it was go, go, go here too, but it's not. Mm. Then what is it about the UK that has us in a... What is it? I don't have the answer to that one yet. In a vice grip. Hey, yo, vice grip for real. So I'm, I'm still breaking down that in my mind, in, my, in the way I live. I try to take a, a really slow approach to everything just because I want to live... Again, going back to the topic of governments and everything... I am trying to live my life on my own terms and some sort of level of autonomy. I know it will never be complete because I am still subject to systems of the world, you know, but there is space there. So when, you know, again, light, dark, these are all ways that I'm trying to explore these things. Still working through it though, because in a country where that is perpetually dark, <laughs> you know, um, it is sometimes a struggle to have a light demeanor Mm. you know it, it can be very hard but I think with artists like yourself Bo Sade and other artists who are adamant in using their art to bring light to the world it's 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 do what needs to be done and it in, it inspires me because when I see you guys doing stuff it's also like another beacon that okay things can be done we can find our light somehow you know mm. and we're just trying to think really we're just trying to think after our conversation um, how would you redefine darkness? So at the beginning, uh, darkness was defined as the partial or total absence of light. Um, would you or do you think that needs a redefinition? I I don't think it needs a redefinition. I think it's a definition. Mm. Um, I would say for me, darkness is a canvas. You know, really and truly is a canvas. You can do a lot with it. Paintbrush and canvas, you can do a lot with it and on it. Um, you can wear it, you can draw on it, you can sleep on it, you can do whatever you want with, with darkness. I think darkness, like, as everything else, like the world, is just a canvas. And it is what you make of it, to be honest with you. Um, someone decided to say it's the absence or whatever of light. For me, it's a, a, it's a space. You know, I can do a lot with it, and I still am. Um, someone looked at darkness and said, I'm going to make clothes from this, from this color. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, someone looked at it and said, cool. Um, when you don't have any of this, it's going to induce sleep, you know? Um, so darkness is definitely the beginning, you know? 
Like the Bible actually makes it very clear. There was nothing but darkness in the beginning. Mm. And from, from that came everything else. So if I was going to be more concise, darkness is a starting point, mm. you know? And you can go anywhere from there. Cheers. Um, and on that note, uh, we're going to end there. Jalade, thank you so much for coming through. Thanks um, for having me, bro. Yeah, yeah. As someone who, who started out and was like, don't know about this whole darkness thing, man, like summer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. i got a bit more time for it still. Yeah, I got, yeah. I, I, it, there's There's been some persuasion, but it has been, <laughs> it has been an honour and a pleasure having you on. So thank you, sir. And that is, that is Sugar Shots. Thank you.